Own Your Creativity, episode 48. Creativity is an attitude that transcends paradigms and beliefs. It's a soul-level yearning to fulfill a purpose, uniquely contribute, and leave a mark. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm an author, professor, and podcaster, and I help people tell their story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. I'm really excited because I'm going to be talking to Janice Francisco. She is the president of Bridgepoint Effect, a globally focused consultancy she founded in 2001. She helps managers and their teams solve the mystery of what it means to be innovative and teaches them how to use creativity to achieve innovation, grow, and transform. She is the inventor of the Think Up Innovation Framework, an integrated, agile, and repeatable process applied in real work settings to build change and sustainable innovation capacity. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I'm really excited to be speaking to you today because I know that you do a lot of work with um, companies and Fortune 500 uh, groups and uh, also the government as well, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. And so I'm really interested in, in how you became an innovation catalyst and specifically in terms of your your angle in terms of creativity. How did that evolve and how did you find yourself doing the work that you do today? Well, I think it actually evolved a little organically. Um, I had been originally trained in business and got called to move through my business career with a real interest in how do people tick. I was always inter- interested in the psychology of people's behavior, uh, what helps them move to better performance, those sorts of things. And over the years, because I am very focused myself on continuous development and looking at how I can do a better uh, set of work for the clients that I have, what I realized was that in some of the work that I was doing, despite their satisfaction with what we were doing, it felt we weren't necessarily getting them to the place that they needed to be. And that got me really curious. And Mm. it was like, how could we not, how could we take really good thinkers, put them all in a room and get them working on a task and have them realize or, or, you know, that, or, or, or recognize that, we weren't quite getting to the breakthroughs and thinking that we needed. What were the sorts of things that we could do differently to help them shift their thinking and help them get to new levels of understanding about how they could deal with some of the complexities they were dealing with? So did you come to that question or um, that challenge um, before you did your your um, master's in creativity or after? Um, well before, and okay. I think that's what actually led me to the need to do the Masters of Creativity. Mm. You know, I had been trained as a facilitator. I had very good consulting skills. I grew up at IBM. Um, you know, I'd, I'd had lots of good opportunity to uh, help people, you know, work together and, and find solutions to things. But it just felt that we were never cracking the nut in the way mm. that it needed to do and, and allowing people people to get to that next level of of growth and understanding so that they could actually move forward in more productive ways. So yes, that was part of what sent me on the quest to go, okay, what else can I learn? What are the other sorts of tools I can bring uh, to my clients to help them get to that place? 
And how did the Masters in Creativity and, and Change Leadership help you do that? Well, what it first did was it changed my own perspective about my own effectiveness okay. from the standpoint that I thought I was doing a fabulous job until I saw that there was a completely different way to approach problem solving where creativity was much better integrated into it. Um, I realized that there was a whole wealth of thinking that just had never been developed in all of my education, mm. uh, specifically around uh, creative thinking and, and reframing and looking at things in different ways. And I realized that um, if I could find a way to productively bring that and very practically bring that to my clients, it would certainly help. So to me, it was quite a game changer. Um, it really gave me many more tools and it gave me a lot deeper understanding of where the potential lie when we started to really embrace the creativity we could bring to situations that were stumping us. So what is your definition of creativity? <laughs> Well, I spent a lot of time looking at that definition, and, uh, and this is where I landed uh, after quite a bit of study. I think that creativity is an attitude that transcends paradigms and beliefs. Mm. It's a soul-level yearning to fulfill a purpose, uniquely contribute, and leave a mark. Wow. Can you read that again? Sure. I think creativity is an attitude that transcends paradigms and beliefs. It's a soul-level yearning to fulfill a purpose, uniquely contribute, and leave a mark. And so how does that manifest in your life, that definition? How that manifests in my life, um, my gosh, I think it manifests in every day. Um, you know, in the way that I operate myself, what I'm looking for or asking for myself on a daily basis is to stay in touch with that level of creativity. Mm. And when I say that it is a soul level yearning, I really think that our ability to express our creativity is where we have the greatest connection to, to our self. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's how do I stay connected to myself? How do I use the wellspring of knowledge that I have within myself on a day-to-day -day basis uh, to create the outcomes that I want, to tackle the challenges that are in front of me, uh, to keep myself focused on the right things as opposed to uh, the stuff that's just noise and, and keeping me from doing what I want to do. Um, so that, to me, is how it, how it actually manifests. It's, you know, how do I find the good work to do, the right work to do, the stuff that nourishes myself um, and has an impact on other people uh, in, in, a, in a positive way as I actually go about doing that. Was there a time in your life where you were feeling disconnected from your creativity? I think there's times, because we're human, um, yes, I, I thought I was a reasonably creative person up until the time I did go to do a deep dive into studying creativity. Mm -hmm. And what I found was I was in a haphazard way connected to it. And I didn't necessarily understand the full value or the full potential. Um, you know, in any day, based on any situation we come across, you know, we are human and we are sometimes left in a place of less resourcefulness. And I think it's very easy uh, to get caught up in uh, 
activity and things and sometimes forget the options available to us. So for me, it's a constant reminder. And any time that I feel that uh, things are feeling a little, oh, gosh, I don't know how to describe it. You know, when you kind of go, oh, what am I going to do here? Um, you know, to me, that's a, a great opportunity to check into how am I connected to my creativity and and I'm am I bringing the full value and, and options to myself to actually move through uh, what I find myself in. So what are the trigger points for you um, to realize that that something is off and that you need to connect to your creativity or um, uh, bring in more creative problem solving techniques to it like how do you recognize when you're not connected to your creativity um, I think for me the discipline I've been developing is through mindfulness so mm-hmm. through an active practice of mindfulness so you know, it's very, you know, when you're being mindful, and you're in that space of openness, acceptance, curiosity, and you're really living in the moment, you know that. Mm -hmm. But in the minute where things start to become difficult, where you're finding that the people you're working with aren't necessarily going along with you in a in a harmonious way, you, uh, you know, for me, it's, okay, where am I? And how am I connected to myself, you know, and and am I in that place of flow where I'm able and willing to be open to what's in front of me uh, and looking at it with curiosity as opposed to judgment? And am I looking at it from a place where I'm, I'm just willing to kind of go and match people where they're at so that we can keep things moving along and, and, uh, and at their best. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's that moment where you, where I realize, am I, am I truly in a place of mindfulness and, and am I grounded in the now at this moment? And so when you find yourself working in a, in a team environment where other people aren't being mindful or in the flow, uh, what do you do tangibly and in a concrete way to help guide the the flow and back into that that task that the team is working on? Well, when I'm in that sort of a situation, I think the first role or responsibility I have is to bring attention in a gentle way uh, to the fact. So I've had many situations where I've been working with a team, and let's face it, we're all distracted by technology, we're all distracted by the email we have to get, the meeting we just came to, the place we're about to have to go to, um, and we're not necessarily able to give full attention to what we're doing at this particular time. And this is really important in the case where I'm working with a group that is that is purposely attempting to bring some creativity and innovation into their work without that ability to be present to that work, we're not tapping into their full potential and we're not really getting the resourcefulness we need. So often what I'll do is I'll just invite the group to stop and I'll just say, okay, I want you to take a moment and recognize this is where we are, this is what we need to be focused on and are you able to bring your attention to it? Mm-hmm. And what usually is the response to that? Well, normally what I see is people who very quickly recognize that they weren't giving attention to the matter and therefore they were robbing themselves and the people they're working with of their creativity and the benefit of their intelligence. And I think what they also realize is that um, 
you know, if this is where they want to be or this is where they're choosing to be, it it does warrant some uh, attention and connection to it. Um, I really, in the work that I do, I put a lot of emphasis on allowing people to be honest about where they're at and be realistic about what they can contribute. And, you know, sometimes the time just isn't right for a group and we have to recognize that and give them the opportunity to make different choices about when they want to come together. Um, you know, we can, we can plan to be creative, but there might be other demands that are competing at, competing at the time mm-hmm. where it makes it more appropriate to just, you know, let something sit for a bit and find a way to come back to it when everybody can be able to be more attentive. In my own process of creativity, you know, when I'm working on an article or a book or a film or something, uh, there's always times where I don't really know what the next step is and I can't rush it, you know, but oftentimes like we have these deadlines and we think, oh my goodness, I, you know, I want to get these amount of pages done or or whatnot by the end of the day. Um, But I always find that, that there are some parts of the process where you're in this area of unknowing and you you know you'll get out of it uh but when and how fast um that's often up you know for um interpretation or up for grabs whatever um and so i I imagine that when you're working with within teams that there are those moments where um maybe you're not being as efficient but that's actually part of the creative process do you find that when when you're working with the groups and in your in your in your work Absolutely. Um, You know, as much studied as creativity is, there's still a lot about how it plays out in each individual's lives that we don't always know. Um, And I think it's really important that we all understand our own creative process and recognize that there is a huge benefit to recognizing when we get to that place where we're kind of going, I know there's a next step and I know what the logical aspect of that next step is, but I'm not quite sure how I'm going to navigate through it. And I think that to me is a place where we need to start bringing in some of our own intuition mm. um, so that rather than trying to logically plow through that process and push it and, and try to force the level of creativity, um, maybe the smarter thing is to step back and ask ourselves, so what other options do I have here or what's the next best use of my time? Mm. Um, so when we can, uh, you know, again, get into the habit of doing things like that, I think other opportunities open us open up. We get very deadline focused. And often, you know, in the work that I'm doing with groups, you know, let's face it, they're, they're normal businesses, they're normal government organizations where there is high pressure to perform and there is a deadline that's typically looming. Um, but if we're not all really resourceful and we're distracted and uh, we're realizing we're at that place where we're not quite sure what to do next and we're living in that ambiguity and uncertainty of it, I think that's a great time to just step back and ask ourselves, how else can we do this? You know, when else can we do this? What else can we do? And by asking those questions, I I think we can create better efficiencies to getting to it. I think we stop frustrating ourselves, trying to bang our head against a wall, pushing through something where we don't necessarily need to. And uh, And we might find that there's an easier way to get it done. I love that description of, of how to just kind of 
you know, face the fact that you're in that ambiguous state and and come up with other ideas. You know, I think a lot of times um, in this very uh, left brain world that we think the direct approach is always the best approach. But I think what you're saying is that there are indirect approaches and alternate ways that we can come to and often they're better. I agree. I mean, you were talking about the fact that in your own writing, and I certainly see this in my own writing too, uh, for the last 10 years, uh, I have been researching and writing a book on how uh, intuition comes into play within creative problem solving. Mm. And when you are in creative process, or you're working through a problem, um, there is so much that we can get if we are okay with recognizing that we are intuitive in the same way that we are creative mm. and in recognizing that there is more than one way to get to an answer um, and there's more than one way to go than what's obviously in front of us, you know. So when we can learn how to tap into that, I think a whole bunch more of possibilities come come to us. There's many more things we can do. So it sounds to me like in your work, you're integrating right brain thinking with left brain thinking. And what has been the biggest challenge or um, reward for you in in trying to do that? (laughs) I think my biggest challenge (laughs) has been to allow myself to stay out of logic (laughs) (laughs) and to give my permission to... uh, to uh, be steeped and 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 working from intuition uh, as a guiding uh, force, so so letting my gut guide as opposed to my brain guide. Mm. Uh, so you know, finding ways to be uh, comfortable with that that balance and how they need to work together. Um, so I think that's you know it's it's my challenge and it's also my greatest reward uh, when I can uh, let go and let go of the logic of something and trust the intuition I have around, you know, the options I have and the better way to play something out, I find that the outcome and the process, the journey towards the end result becomes a lot more enjoyable and it's much less taxing on me and it allows me to bring more creativity into the process when I force myself to stay in logic or I forget and stay in logic, uh, I find that I create a hell of a lot more work for myself. Mm, It's not as rewarding. um, And generally the outcomes aren't as pleasing. So, you know, uh, you know, that's, we are conditioned to be logical, critical thinkers. And when we get into the realm of creativity, when we, when, we are working to really take advantage of what creativity has to offer. I really think it's important that we open up to that other side of intuition and find a way to make friends with that and trust it and use it to our benefit. So for anybody who's in um, a team-oriented environment at work, can you give them one tip on, on how to bring intuition or trust intuition more in, in the workplace? Um, I think the first tip I give is when we have them understanding that they are creative and they have access to their creativity, the link I me- make is that um, I'd like them to also just accept that they are intuitive 
and that there is no judgment on the level of intuition that they think they have. It's a matter of how are, how are they connecting to themselves? Do they have some level of awareness about themselves? And, uh, and are they paying attention to what they're feeling and sensing, uh, you know, and recognizing within themselves? So I think at a broader level, the first step is we need to get self-aware. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so if we're in a situation where we're working with somebody who appears to be self-opaque, I think the, the, the nicest thing we can do to them is find some links to help them become uh, self-aware and, and, and give them a way to start to build that. Maybe modeling it is also a good, a good way. Yeah. So what's the best advice that you've received in terms of embracing your creativity or your intuition or both? You know, the best advice that I've been given is to go with the flow. And it sounds trite and it sounds surface level and you often scratch your head and go, what the heck? Of course, what's the big deal? It sounds a little cavalier. Um, But when you start to really unpack what does it mean to go with the flow, I think it really connects to that whole concept of mindfulness where we can stay present to what is it we're experiencing, accept what we're experiencing and what's coming at us, and and look at it with curiosity around, okay, so what's my next best move? And, you know, I have worked on going with the flow for a lot of years. Um, Chick Sent Me High talks very much in his work around flow, right? Yeah, every but time I, I hear the word flow, I think of, of Chick Sent Me High. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I just... It, it 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 is one of those things to me that it just it's it's a word or a phrase that has so much deeper meaning if you are willing to spend the time to understand what that really means right it means accepting not forcing yes. it it means staying open and 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 it's just you know to me that is the best advice i have got i've got a wonderful uh coach that I've been working with for my gosh probably over 15 years and I think on the first day I worked with her and still to this day when I work with her um, you know she will remind me and and it, it needs to be in conscious regular awareness yeah to be in flow and and think about opportunities where you can bring more flow in into your life I mean uh, I I love that TED talk that um Csikszentmihalyi uh, put together and uh and I use that in my teaching all the time <laughs> you know that idea yeah. of you know yeah. like do an inventory of your day and how much of it is in flow and if it's, you know, a really low number and percentage, then what can you do to bring more, you know? And it's all about consciousness and mindfulness and, you know, awareness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, most definitely. Most definitely. So can you share one of your own personal habits that contributes to your creative success? You know, I do think it really is that conscious, conscious, continual awareness of, of mindfulness. I really think it's a critical skill to being able to uh, build good habits around creativity. Um, and, you know, so that that is just a constant thing that I, I'm working on. And, and I don't know that 
I don't know that we can make it a full habit, right? I think because mm-hmm. we're human beings and we're constantly evolving and we're dealing with new things all the time, yeah. um, it, it's a habit that we have to continually develop. It's a to me, it's a practice, you know, that we have to have to bring. Um, so that's definitely one of one of my big habits. Yeah. I, I, if I have had a bad meeting, you know, with a group. Uh, and it, it didn't quite go the way that I thought it might. Uh, if I step back and I go, so what happened here? Why did I just have a dreadful meeting? Mm. <laughs> it's usually because I, I slipped out of that habit and that awareness. And it's like, okay, you just, you didn't stay with them. You didn't, you didn't, fo- you didn't meet them where they were. You didn't stay with them in the way that they were acting. And, mm. uh, and, yeah, you know, yeah. it, you know, it's like, you let go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think that, that the this distinction between a practice and habits is a really useful one because I think people you, they want a fast fix and they just like okay let's push this button and uh, all of a sudden we're creative and innovative and it just will always stay that way but it's it's something that you have to cultivate uh, you know on a daily basis or you know um, and I think a lot of people probably shy away from. Uh, that sort of thing because it is work you know and you do have to uh, apply <laughs> attention to it you know and um and and uh yeah so i think that's a really uh, useful distinction between habits and practice well, thank you is there a person that inspires you to be creative yes there is and who is that uh, well it is the late and i'm going to say great dr mary murdoch who was one of my first teachers when I went to do my master's study in creativity. And uh, she had a wonderful way of talking about creative spirit. She had a great understanding about how we bring creativity to the change that we need to make. Um, and that how, when we're in the field of creativity, uh, using creativity to support change work, um, she often talked very much about the difficulty uh, in doing that and how challenging the work can be. Um, and uh, she had some great little expressions and she had some wonderful ways of framing things. And uh, often when I find myself in the place where I'm feeling challenged about the change that I make, it's her and her words and the conversations she and I had had and uh, and the way she would just find a nice way to get you to pick yourself up and get back in <laughs> back into the ring to do the work that you need to do so um, i I still feel very much connected to her and her work and her thinking and uh, her wisdom is there a, a work of art that you think about or um, is a favorite of yours? It can be any kind of film, poem, sculpture, painting, any kind of art that continues to inspire you. Well, there's so many things that I enjoy. Um, I think if I were to look at one, if, if, if you're asking me for one thing, and that's difficult, I think I, I often get um, inspired by looking at the, um, is it Rodin's work on the thinker, the mm, sculpture? Yeah. And, you know, to me, that just epitomizes a person deep in thought within themselves, uh, looking for those resources within themselves and, 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 and 
finding a way to connect to them and and bring those out. So I am a I tend towards being an introverted thinker. I really like to do my recharging in in, a, in an introverted way, and uh, a lot of my work requires a lot of extroversion and working with people. So. I like those times to go back and uh, just be with myself and, and make sure that I'm thinking about stuff from my own perspective. You know, I saw the, uh, I don't know if it was the, I don't, it was always not the sculpture, but, um, but uh, there was a, an exhibit at the museum here on Rodin and they had um, that uh, thinker there, but I never realized, cause I've seen the picture a zillion times on, online um and but i never realized that that his elbow is his right elbow is not on his right knee it's actually on his left knee so he's twisting his torso and and it just made me realize that not only is it introspective thinking like you mentioned but it's it's uh, thinking that requires an effort you know um and and a physical effort uh so i thought it was so interesting that that he chose to to put it to you know put it that way as opposed to the more easy option is just you know on his right right elbow to right knee well you know with that I'll just build on that and if you think about it from the standpoint although we've debunked the whole thing around right brain left brain there is there is some things that go on in our body you know based on the the part of the brain that we are uh, connecting to whether it be that creative or logical brain and I think it's very interesting also that he deliberately made sure that two different sides of the body were connected mm, yeah very cool and do you have a favorite quote that inspires you I do um, there's a few um, I think one of them is uh, um, You know, I could quote something from Mary that she had talked about, or I could quote something really simply. And one of the ones that, the simple one is simply, uh, and I don't know where I can attribute it to, but you see it on all kinds of little lovely notebooks and things. And it's, life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Oh, that's wonderful. And can you share the one from Mary as well? Sure. It says, this was from some personal correspondence that I had had with her, oh, in, towards the end of 2008, and we had been, I had been talking to her about a particular project uh, working in the government where I was coming up against some challenges that I was having some difficulty navigating through, and uh, her response uh, was, Those of you who are out there in the trenches, believing in what you do and working hard to get others to accept it, take heart. Don't give up on your dreams of making a difference. The kind of change, this kind of change takes time. Be patient with yourselves and others and keep problem solving. As my teacher, Paul Torrance, said to us, what you do will be hard, but wherever you go, Anywhere in the world, you will always have a network. Remember that you are not alone and that the work of change is not so much glamorous as tough. Stick with it. And I think that's one of the really cool things about the community of people who have gone to study creativity in the same place that I have. We are literally an international network. And that quote that she had sent to us has 
had inspired me to make sure that I built up really strong uh, relationships within that international network. So when I find myself at that place going, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do here? Um, I know there's people on the other side, you know, a phone call or a Skype call or a FaceTime call or whatever, away from going, hey, here's what I'm up against. Have you seen this before? Help me with some options. Help me see through this. And so I think that's a really nice way to remember that we can connect not only to our own creativity, but to the creativity and resources in so many of the other people around us. I think it's so important to have that network of support. And when you were talking about Mary before, I was in my mind, I was thinking about um, a quote that I had come across somewhere, and I don't even know the full quote, but basically that the best thing that we can do with our lives is make the way easier for some someone who comes after us. And when you were talking about Mary, I was thinking that, you know, that it, that she seems um, to, to have been that person that helped you on your way and that now you are doing that uh, for others. I love that quote. Yeah, it's I think that's so true. So... Is there anything else that you would like to share with us before we wrap up? My oh my. I think that uh, anyone who has the courage to connect to and really discover their own creativity um, is opening up a fabulous opportunity for themselves and you know, much of the work that I do is about helping people connect to that creativity and find ways to value, appreciate and use it. And I think if we can find more people to do that, um, I think we can really create a much better place for people to live in. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's been a pleasure getting to know more about your work. And the Oscar goes to... Hey, what are you doing? Uh, Nothing. Have you written a script? Well, sort of. I started writing it a few years ago, and I just came across it again when I was doing some spring cleaning. I thought writing a script would be so easy, but it's a lot harder than just watching and enjoying films. Hmm, look at this. It's a screenwriting seminar. Maybe this can help you. Get all the tools you need. I think he's ready for his close-up, Mr. DeMille. (laughs) And you? Are you ready to get that story out of your head and onto the page? Then join me in the next screenwriting seminar. The next one starts March 2nd, and further info is available at ownyourcreativity.com. If you have any questions, do leave me a message at info at ownyourcreativity.com. 